episode 190, Action and Ascension. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha. My name is Adam Lewis Walker, former athlete and teacher, now turned lifestyle and entrepreneur coach. I'm your humble guide on this journey to inspire you to act on your true potential. It's all about rising up to the next level to pursue your ultimate lifestyle and create your legacy. It is time to awaken your alpha. Hello, hello, another 15 minute Friday. So this week is the second half of my TED talk that just went out this time last week. So in the first half of the TED talk, it was all about that awareness, um, awareness of where you are and, and awareness of where you genuinely want to be in terms of a person and you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, environmentally, the whole shebang that makes up you. So once you've established point A and point B, it's that awareness of the gap, and then what are you gonna do to close that gap? That was the general gist of the, uh, the first half of the talk. If you wanna catch up on that, you can go back to last week's 15 Minute Friday. I'd really appreciate it if you could just go and check out TEDx, Awaken Your Alpha, TEDx, Adam Lewis Walker. You can go direct on any, YouTube, any search engine and find that. It's more impactful if you see the video. It's more impactful if you're in the room. If you could go and check that, if you enjoyed it, please share it on. And also, you can go to ayalpha.com, click on obviously this 15 minute Friday, and the video will be straight there in the show notes as well. So, picking it up, we've established where you are and where you want to be. We've established your gap, and then I'll let this dude take over from here. So, this is the second half of the talk. There's a story in ancient Greece a man was walking, or a traveler, he came across a traveler in the road. He asked that man, how do I get to Mount Olympus? Now, bearing in mind, in this area of Greece, that's what you can see. You can see it from everywhere. So handily, well, it was quite handy as well. The old man happened to be Socrates. So always good to listen to him. <laughs> very, very useful. He just simply turned around, pointed at that, and said, make sure every step you take is in that direction. So when it comes to this, like, people want to know the details. How do I get there? Be aware of your vision and then take daily action to make sure every step is in that direction. You're either walking towards it or you're walking away from it. When it comes to action, we've talked about claiming this. So be very clear in claiming what your Mount Olympus is. We've said this is a personal thing. It doesn't matter what it is, but this you need to be aware of it. It doesn't matter if someone down the street doesn't know. That said, once you're sure in it, take ownership of it. Write it down, say it aloud. Tell your friends and family. Commit to it. The power of deadlines in a, as a tool to get across this gap to your Mount Olympus. Actually, I'm going to draw. I do like a little bit of art. I'll keep it simple for myself. I'm trying to clicker. This is the gap to clarify. There's your Mount Olympus. Okay, so in terms of using deadlines as a tool, very powerful. They can be used very simply, or they can be used for larger deadlines. So, for example, paying that money to enter a race three months down the line that you clearly know you couldn't finish it at this moment, but you're committing to it. Securing that TED talk that you know you'll work out what you're going to say. That example sticks to my mind for some reason. You can also use this on a big scale. 
for me, I wanted to move to the States. But again, I put that more in the dream category for a long time. Like a lot of us have these things that we're going to do one day, probably on our bucket list, which I'll talk about very soon. When my first son Dylan was born in October 2010, that dream, all of a sudden it got a deadline. And then action started happening. We decided in that week, we need to get to America before he starts school. Up until then, we're good. Kids are quite uh, resilient. So this photo was taken almost five years later to the day. This is in London Heathrow in England. That's Harrison on the right, my youngest son. There's Dylan on the left. That was September 1st, just six months ago. We landed, and days later, Dylan started school. We made it. We did not know the details when we set that deadline. That's a good thing. Sometimes that can be overwhelming, and you'll be happy to know it is a mission to get into your fine country. So that's good. But again, if you're in my mindset, it's like anything. If it's harder to do, I quite like that because it's like if it's easy, everyone would do it. Anything that's too easy, you know, everyone could do it. And like you want to work for your achievements. So that meant a lot to me. So we landed, Dylan started school. In terms of another mentor of mine, put this in a, a very simple way, in terms of actions and what you should do. If you think of the old American muscle cars, beautiful things, very powerful. But if you try, they've got no power steering. So if you try to move them, when they're stationary or barely moving, it's a lot of work. So when you know where your Mount Olympus is and what direction your car should be pointing, you just put your foot to the pedal a little bit. You start taking some small actions and you start moving. You start to get a little bit of momentum. The scenery changes. Now, obviously, you might need to make some uh, changes. Now the steering wheel is very light and you can adjust as you go. You've got to get started. Okay. Also, when it comes to that, when it comes to sort of the momentum and acceleration, the scenery is passing you by quicker. So this is why you're likely to fail a bit faster. And this is why I encourage you to fail faster. Because if you look at anyone who's had real success in any endeavor, whatever it is, they've failed a lot of times. All these people I've interviewed, it, it started popping up a lot. I know it's similarities. So it's the amount of failure they had, but also their attitude towards it. Usually they like to do, look, call it data or learning experiences, and I completely agree. Put your hand up, or just join in, if maybe you've given up when you've tried something one, two, maybe three times at some stage in your life, and you've given up. Cheers, Ben. <laughs> Me too. Okay? Some of the greatest successes have come on the 20th, the 30th, the 100th, the 10,000th time, if you think of Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb. I have to be honest, I think I may have given up at about 9,000. I'm a bit of a slacker, but the key thing is if you knew your success, your breakthrough would come on your 19th try, what would that do to your approach to failure? Would you dwell on it or would you think, right, let's get going, let's take action, let's get through the first five failures, let's find out ways it doesn't work, or would you give up on the 17th just before you're about to have that breakthrough? If it's important to you, you will stick with it and you'll push through. And that is, the, that is the difference in when I've interviewed a lot of these people. So with that momentum, I'd like you to kick the bucket. In terms of this urgency, and when I say that, I'm sure you're all aware of the principles behind the bucket list. I'd like you to kick the bucket list out because just recently, unfortunately, too many close friends and family unexpectedly have gone with too much left on their bucket list. It's too long term. It's like dreaming about doing something. So I want you 
get rid of the bucket list. Turn your bucket list into a yearly list. Turn your old 12-month list into a 12-week list. In them 12 weeks, pick three things that are important to you, that you're going to actually achieve, not think about, that you're going to achieve. And then for each one of them, pick your top three activities that have impact. 90% of your results come from the top three activities you do for that aspect, that subject, whatever it is you're, you've chosen. Focus on doing them three things daily and weekly and do less of the other stuff. Natural consequence of doing that. I've seen it happen lots of times. It's very simple. Your standards will start to rise across the board. You'll turn up your personal thermostat for success. This is a mindset. It's an attitude. So that's the point as well. It's not like you're going to get to this promised land. I am happy to be here, by the way. But it's not like I'm going to think, right, brilliant, put my feet up. Once you've got that momentum, you keep going. Because it's not going to change the person. If you put too much stock in an award or a talk or winning something. So with this as well, if you really want to unlock the possibilities of yourself and your true potential, you need to be aware of the beliefs or more accurately the stories you hold in your head. The subconscious beliefs, the ones that maybe pull you back when you're just about to really achieve something that you know you're truly capable of. Okay, be aware they are just stories. Some of them serve us, but some of them definitely don't. I've experienced that lots of times when you just think, oh, this is going good. It's great being the underdog when you've got nothing to lose coming up. And then when you start, it starts going a bit too well, do you sabotage yourself? Or is your personal thermostat for success turned down a little bit too low? So when you jump above it, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The universe corrects and you come back down to it. So be aware of these stories, but write your own stories. Write your own set of personal rules that you follow, your personal code, what you will and won't stand for, what you will accept, what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're not, just as important. With this, a personal code, your set of rules, that helps, if you follow that, it helps create your environment. Any situation you put yourself in, you're the one consistent thing. So no matter how much carnage is going on, you can run it through your set of rules. And then ultimately, does it move you towards your Mount Olympus or away from it? And decisions become easier. Life becomes simpler. Some situations, people, are no way else to put it, are toxic. The best way or best time to detox, I'm going to refer to one of the great minds of the 21st century, a great philosopher. So the best time to detox, do it, do it now. <laughs> A fine man, wise words, Arnold. Um, so it's 1987, a great movie. Um, but he's also someone who understood the power of your environment. But he did also appreciate your current environment does not dictate who you're going to become. Coming from a small village in Austria, okay, he had a clear vision. Everyone thought he's absolutely insane. Growing up in a small village, you know, dreams of bodybuilding world champion, movie star president. He almost made it. Okay, but he was. Very clear cut in his Mount Olympus. And he just kept moving towards it. I don't believe you should sacrifice. I'm talking long term and I'm talking the core areas. I don't think you should sacrifice one area for massive success in another. Eventually it'll come back and bite you in the ass. Okay, But use momentum. Use the victories from each 
to push the others forwards. The days where if you're successful at your job, you're out of shape or you have to be out of shape and you don't have to, you can't see your kids till the weekends because you're working so hard. That's a choice. Days where you're in really good shape, but you're broke. That's also a choice. You can, I believe, push, push everything forwards. It's a way of life. Recently, I saw Matt Damon was being interviewed. This is just in the last month or two. He'd been interviewed on a chat show. It's quite a light-hearted chat show. And they asked him about his 1997 Oscar win for Goodwill Hunting. And I think they were like, did you go crazy? Were you excited? And I think his answer shocked the interviewer and struck a chord with me so much that I'm talking about it today. He talked about that night he couldn't sleep and he remembers staring at the award. He remembers thinking very, very clearly how happy he was that he didn't screw anyone over to get it, number one. But more importantly, he had this feeling rush all over his body as if he was, imagine himself, 80 or 90 years old and he spent his whole life chasing that one thing. And what an unbelievable waste it would have been to sacrifice that. And if you've got a hole like that, an award isn't going to fill it. A piece of metal isn't going to fill it. So if you know, in closing, if you know when your last day would be, whether it be tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, ask yourself the question, would it change how you lived your life today? And as hard as it is, commit to living like that. Live. If your last day was tomorrow, you'd have no regrets about how you chose to live your life today. Thanks for listening. Well, there you go. That was my effort. That was my TED Talk. So, hope you enjoyed it. A different perspective, my perspective. You may agree with some things, disagree with others, but I hope it made you think. If you want to dig into that further, get in contact. Obviously, let me know what you think. But that's generally how I roll and how I work with people. So obviously, we're just scratching the surface and I had to eliminate a load of details to get it into that TED Talk time frame. So get in touch and we can jump on the phone and we can talk through how this applies to you and what you're going to do and how you can get the most out of yourself because I'm all about high performance, but also enjoying the journey and you know living in the moment because it's easy to get caught up in that pursuit of whatever it is you're striving for and not enjoy what you're doing in the current time. So that is it. Have a great weekend. If you want to see the whole thing, head over to TEDx, Adam Lewis Walker. You can grab it there. You can grab it on the show notes at ayalpha.com. It's out there now. And if this resonated with you in the slightest way, please pass it on to as many people as possible. Well, just if you just share it on once, then you know everyone listening to this, then it will just get that ripple effect. Much like an idea about action, it really doesn't have the impact. And a talk without an audience is not going to have an impact. So please pass it on if even one teeny bit resonated with you. Please, that's the best compliment you can pay me because I'm just trying to get uh, as much eyes on this as possible. I think I only have to get like 10 million and I'll get to a, get invited to the full-on TED conference at the end of the year. So I think I'm on about six, 700 last time I checked. So little way to go but hey got to start somewhere take that first step and off we go